And I always like sitting like this. I, 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 always, I always hold the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like I'm not manly enough Just if I hold it. a pillow, but uh, I do it too. here we are. <laughs> here we are holding pillows. <laughs> here we are holding pillows. <laughs> Couple dudes sitting here with pillows. pillows. All right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empowering Hope podcast. We're excited to have you with us today. And uh, this is Brock Henderson. I've known him for, gosh, 10 years? 10 years now, yeah. Oh, oh. man. Everybody I meet for these podcasts, I feel like I've known them for so long. It's, it's weird. <laughs> um, and so I'll share that story here in a second. But uh, just wanted to remind you that the Empowering Hope podcast is focused on sharing people's stories. It's about sharing what God is doing through other people. And hopefully, it will empower you to go out and do the same thing and to minister in your community wherever you are. And so uh, today, we're going to talk about what Brock is doing, not only here in his community, yeah. but also what he's going to be doing in his new community, yeah, hopefully, right. in Liberia. Yeah. So uh, Brock and I met, we were at a conference, right? It was Cleansing Streams. Cleansing Stream, yeah. yeah. Cleansing Streams um, conference in South Hills. Yep. And I was a youth pastor at the time, and we were playing Kung Fu. And yeah. you, and you were kind of by yourself, right? Yep. I, I went with my mom and I was just kind of there floating. Yeah. Had no one to hang out with. No one to hang out with. <laughs> so we're like, bro, why don't you come and join us? Yeah. And so he played Kung Fu and he became really good friends with some of, of my youth group kids. Yeah, and, and so uh, we've known each other now for, but I guess nine years. It's probably yeah. about nine or 10, nine know. or 10 years, somewhere around there. So yeah, um, I, Brock and I have kind of kept in touch here and there throughout the, the years. Uh, we haven't really seen each other, I guess, in a long time. No, I, I think the last time that I saw you yeah. was a benefit concert yes. that I held for Guatemala. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking about that on the way here. Um, yeah, because we drove up. Yep. We drove up to Meadville, right? Yeah, yeah. Connie Lake, it would have been. Connie Lake, yep. that's right. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, man. That was forever ago. Yeah. So um, tell me a little bit about what, tell me a little bit about your, your story, your journey where God has you coming through and um, go through the timeline. Okay, so yeah, so I'll kind of connect to the points from like when we met to where I am now in a sense. Uh, so that was what, nine years ago, I'm 24, so I was a baby basically. <laughs> you know, long haired punk skater kid that, you know, didn't care about much, but, uh, so growing up, I was always involved with the church. Uh, my parents both raised me in the church, uh, but it was just one of those things that I just did because this is what good people do. Right. Uh, checked it off the list every once a week, went to youth group once a week, and I was good to go. I must have been a good guy. Mm -hmm. And that was really the mentality I had. Sure. The rest of the week didn't matter as long as I checked those two days off. Yeah, you and check off those you have to, man. That's, yeah. that's relationship, but, right? But, but, but that's the culture today. That's it so is. many church Oh my, it's, and it's running rampant really. And yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of disgusting because it's, I'm just going to be blunt about it. Like it's, I saw the dangers of doing that in my own life because though I had the background, I knew all the right things to say. I knew I had the Bible knowledge, um, but because I didn't make it my own, because I didn't have personal relationship outside of what my pastor could provide for me, um, it was really easy to just kind of sneak away and do my own thing and then show back up. And uh, so that's what happened. Uh, you know, late in my high school career, junior, senior year, that's when I was like, you know what? 
I'll still go to church on Sundays, but I'm definitely going to live how I want the rest of the week, uh, you know, and that's when I kind of really started getting into the partying and just kind of, you know, your typical, like, things you shouldn't be doing. Right. Let's be honest. <laughs> so, so I've actually been writing a blog, and I've been kind of taking my time with it, uh, this, this article, but one of the things I hit on is that in our church culture, we, we see pastors as somebody that we vicariously live our spiritual life through, yep. that the pastor lives the holy life, we live vicariously through him. And that's so twisted because what that does is it prohibits real authentic discipleship sure. from happening. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, anyway, it's not that. Yeah, no, that's but, good. But it, it's just, it's so prevalent in our culture and, today, and I want to break that down. Yeah, and because if you live that way, let's be honest, what you're saying is, uh, what you did on the cross for me, Jesus, wasn't enough. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yikes, apparently when that veil was torn and you gave me full access to who you are, I don't really believe that is what's happening. Yeah, my pastor can, my pastor can live that way, but eh, I'll let him do that. I'll just kind of live off the benefits of that. It's, it's not self-sustaining. It will never be sustained. Um, so yeah, with that being said, uh, was going through high school, and at this, that time, I was even doing missions trips. Um, I was going to Guatemala. I've been to Guatemala five times, okay. uh, Honduras once, and it was all just because people were like, hey, we got a ticket. You want to come? I was like, mm, yeah, why not? Sure. Like, I'm 16. Who doesn't want to leave the country for a week? Right. You know, and it was awesome, and thinking back on it now, that those trips really, like formed things deep in my heart that I didn't know existed to prepare me for what I'm stepping into now. Yeah. Uh, it got me out of this American culture to see different things, to make me uncomfortable, to put me in climates that I wasn't used to. And um, so it was just really this weird journey of like doing my own thing and God's still like making sure I stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> and right. uh, so I graduate high school and uh, thankfully I was mature enough to recognize, uh, if I go to college, I'm going to waste my time. Yeah. Um, so I decided to join the national guard, um, which was, I did that for, cause at the time I wanted to go back to college. So that allowed me to, uh, be a part of the military and maintain like the civilian side. Yeah. So I could come home. I could still live my own life, but once a month I did my army thing. Yeah. Um, so I did that. I went to basic training in 2014 and I came back and I was like, sweet, I'm a man now. Like you have this like, I'm, I'm 18, 19 years old and I'm you know, full of testosterone. I'm ready to own the world. Yep. So I was like, let's go to college. And uh, still was the worst decision I could have made uh, because uh, yeah, I thought I knew everything and that's just kind of how we are at 19. And, uh, but I'm just gonna be honest, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just drinking Monday through Monday just kind of living my own life. And uh, it was cool because looking back on it, um, I had like some crazy encounters with people like openly sharing the gospel with me. And I was just like, yeah, I know about Jesus. Right. Like, sweet. Yeah. Let's talk about Jesus. Hey, you went to church for how long? Yeah, right? exactly. Off boxes, I checked off Jesus. so many boxes. Yeah. I know, I know how to have this talk, Sure. Um, but it's just kind of looking back on it. Like I said, it's just seeing God be like, Hey, I'm still here. I'm still here. And, um, so after my first year, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Dropped out, like, because I was like, debt, not something I want to have. I'm not going to pay $30,000 a year to drink beer. Right. Like, not worth it. <laughs> um, 
so I was like, all right, I'm kind of just going to drop out and uh, I'm going to go work. That summer, um, I was asked to uh, be a part-time counselor at a youth camp at the church I was currently going to. And um, that's where my genuine journey, I think, really began with the Lord. Uh, he showed up in such a radical way and my, it's really like the blinders were being taken off and I was like, man, something's happening. Like I was losing the desire to live the way that I was living and it was awesome. I was like, sweet, this is, (laughs) this is cool. I don't really know what's going on, but like, all right, God, what do you want to do? And, um, you know, he, a lot of things happened that confirmed that I wasn't supposed to go back to college, which was awesome. Um, but I was still in that like meandering place of not knowing where to go. And that's the summer that my dad died, 2015. My dad died of a heroin overdose from a heroin problem we didn't know he had. And it's crazy. Yep. Midnight, one day in August, friend's mom calls up. She works in the ER. Hey, you might want to get down here. Your dad's here. And uh, six days later, uh, we had to make the decision to pull him off life support. And that's the last time I saw him. And that moment, I, uh, I remember sitting there and... I was like, all right, God, I did the one thing that we shouldn't do. I was like, all right, I'm going to make you a deal. Show up, I'll follow you. Don't show up, what's the point? Might as well go back to the way I was living. And he's good enough to have shown up in that situation. And, you know, that was the big, that kind of like kicked me right into where I needed to be. It was like, all right, here you go. Like, here's, here's the rest of your life in a sense. And, uh, you know, I was really passionate about helping people with addiction for a long time, and uh, I saw tons of people come to the Lord from that and get clean and just uh, get on with their lives in a sense where they weren't struggling with addiction anymore. It was incredible. Um, I got away from that a little bit because that, so, yes, it was something I was passionate about, not something I wanted to do the rest of my life, which was cool, though. Um, gained a lot of relationships in that time, and that's when I had... Um, a friend of mine approached me, who was a tattoo artist. He was like, hey, I'm opening up a tattoo shop. I know you're kind of not really doing anything. You want to join me? I'll teach you how to tattoo. You can help me open the shop. I was like, heck yeah. Sure. Like, that sounds incredible. <laughs> like, who doesn't want to be a tattoo artist? Right. Um, so that's how I ended up in this town, Corey, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, he's like, we're going to open up the shop. I got an apartment here, and we, we did. We opened it up. I was learning how to tattoo, and I tattooed for probably year and a half, two years, and um, that kind of leads into Liberia. Okay. Um, so it, I quit tattooing, and it wasn't off any harsh terms or anything. I was just like, yeah, this isn't where God wants me. Yeah. And it was awesome because our relationship was so good that my boss at the time was like, sweet, man, go have fun. Love you. And, but it was nice because he taught me so many things about just budgeting finances and, you know, being an adult. How do I buy groceries? Like, right, because we things. don't learn those things in high school. You don't. It's, <laughs> and uh, you really don't learn them in college. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't. <laughs> and if no one teaches you, it's kind of like, eh, I guess I'll figure this out. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was awesome because that season in my life, it was like I'm just learning how to be kind of self-sufficient in the sense of I can take care of myself and have food. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how those seasons of life where – 
you almost feel as if you're kind of just treading water almost. Yeah. You're just, you're kind of, I've been telling Lauren, I feel like I'm just on a, a treadmill, you know, yeah. there's this beautiful mountain in front of me <laughs> and I'm just on a treadmill, like not going anywhere, yep. but it's in those seasons of life where God usually teaches us the most. Oh yeah. And most of the time you don't recognize it. Yeah. So you're like, wait a second, <laughs> I've done this before. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, the summer that I quit, um, through a series of events, uh, one of my best friends was telling me about his experiences in Liberia, and um, he was telling me about it, and I was like, oh, missions, I forgot about that. I used to do that. That would be fun. Let's go. And he was like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So uh, me, him, and we got one other guy to go with us, and we're like, all right, we're going. And that's kind of how I ended up where I am now. Okay. Yeah. And so, so did you go to Liberia first and then you went to Awakening Evangelism? So or? actually, no. So I, yeah, I did Awakening Evangelism first. Okay. So when I came here to the Salt Church, um, as I was just getting more serious with uh, my relationship with the Lord, uh, the desire to share the gospel was just like, ah, I got to do it. And I come really... I come from a long line of like straight up evangelists. Like my uncles, they were all, all been on like TBN preaching the gospel. Like, do you know the power team at all? Big muscular dudes that like break blocks and like, yeah, break, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. they lift stuff over their head and break handcuffs. Yeah. My uncles started that in the seventies. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's just kind of in my blood. And when I stepped into like what God was doing, it was like, ah, I got to share the gospel, you know? Uh, so, um, I remember I was just kind of, you know, it was probably really two in the morning. I was scrolling through my phone cause I couldn't sleep and this thing comes up and it's, it's an ad for this awakening evangelism that Maddie Montgomery was hosting. I was like, what? Like, this doesn't make sense. Like I, I, I knew Maddie, I knew for today. I knew they loved the Lord. And I was like, what is he's teaching people how to share the gospel? Yup. Like sweet. I'll do this. Um, so I just filled out an application, and honestly, I forgot about it. A yeah. uh, couple months went by, and I was checking my email. I was like, oh, I forgot I did this. <laughs> like, I and it was like an acceptance letter. I was wow. like, dude, this is awesome. Um, little did I know that was going to really equip me and kickstart me to be able to effectively share the gospel in almost every situation. Um, they, they taught me every... So, let me break it down. Um, base, it's what it's called. It's the basic application of supernatural evangelism. Um, and it's an online course. And we had students from all over the world. We had students from all over the United States, Scotland, Australia, like Canada, everywhere. And um, so basically what happened was there's this big online community of people who are radically in love with Jesus. And we're going through this course together. And so... Basically, it was a 12-week course, and they would put out the course load on Mondays. You would watch the videos. You'd do any study that they had, and most of the time, they always had a practical way to apply what you learned. And our first—this is when I knew this is, was right for me. Our first homework assignment was to go to a place that you frequent often, like a gas station, okay? Yeah. And if you see that cashier daily, every other day, something like that, and you've never shared the gospel with two of them, you had to apologize to them for never sharing the gospel and then do so. Whew. Yikes. <laughs> That's rough. It was 
one of the hardest things I've ever done. I believe it. But it brought so much freedom yeah. to see that the only reason, let's be honest, the only reason we don't share the gospel is because we're afraid of the reaction that we're yeah, going to get. Yeah, absolutely. Or afraid of, we're afraid of rejection or whatever. Yeah, right. And, and there's all, also that stigma that you're going to be that crazy Jesus person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, ah, I, I'm normal, I promise. I just yeah, right. really <laughs> love Jesus. And you should too. Yeah. Uh, but what I found was throughout this course, as I got the confidence to boldly share the gospel, was people were open to it. And I was like, I had no idea that there's an entire city around me that's not being reached because we're afraid to open our mouth. Yeah. And that changed my life. Um, so just going through that, if anything, one, it equipped me with, uh, you know, always be ready to give an account for what you believe. Yeah. Okay, here's why. Here's what we do, here's what we believe, and here's why, we, how to do it. Yeah. Um, and just the confidence because there was weeks where it was like, oh man, this is a little bit tougher this week. And then you'd see a group of people on like our Facebook page that were like, guys, check out what God's doing. And there's just hundreds of people getting saved across the world. Yeah. Um, so it was really incredible. Um, I'm super close friends with a lot of the people that have been through the course because uh, like we got together last, last fall um, for like a conference for everyone who's graduated the course. Okay. And we all met up in Mobile, Alabama. And it was awesome because we were like, yeah, let's attack Mobile. Like, like people, like we had this thing called the restaurant challenge and it was really just like, we we're just kind of egging each other on, but we'd be like restaurant challenge and someone would have to stand up and preach the gospel to the restaurant. And it was like, are you, are you bold enough? And it's not, I'm not saying that's something that every believer needs to do. It was just, it was just one of those like faith built, faith building, confidence building things that was just incredible to see because we would have a response. People would come talk to us about, hey, I heard you talking about this Jesus thing. Tell me more. Yeah. You know, and it was just really incredible. And I'm thankful because, like, that has just not only has it changed my perspective on sharing the gospel stateside, mm -hmm. but it makes it a thousand times easier in another country. And it's already easy there. Right. <laughs> I think it's so much harder to do it here in my hometown Absolutely. than in a country where they hardly understand me. <laughs> well, and not only that, but like people see you every day here, yeah. there. It's like, oh, you know, I may never see this person yeah. again. Whereas here, it's like, yeah, you got to deal with them every day. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what you're doing here in Cory, because I see you guys posting all the time. <laughs> I see all the small group stuff you're doing. Oh, yeah. like, you're doing a lot here. Yeah, so I was really blessed to like come to this community and find a church that was like, Oh, you're passionate about this? Go. Like, like, yeah, we'll equip you. We'll cover you. Go. And uh, so really, I run this thing called Corey Connect Group. And it started off as Corey Young Adults. And it was basically out of a place of, I don't know anyone here and I want friends. <laughs> Just being honest. Better way to do it. Yeah, you know, seriously. And I had, I met this one kid. His name's Sean. And we were, we became best friends. And we were both passionate about this. And we're like, let's do it. No one else is feeding our generation. Right. Um, let's not sit around and wait for somebody else to step up. Yeah. If not us, then who? Um, so we started this small group. Uh, this was probably about two years, a year and a half ago. And so it started off with, it was just 18 to like 35, I think the age was. And it was awesome. We, it started off really slow, but like incredible things were happening. People were f genuinely falling in love with the Lord yeah. and wanting to see our community changed. Um, and then I was like, 
okay, we're missing out though because the generation before us, they won't come because the term young adults is terrifying to them. So basically what I did is I just, we stopped having it for a couple weeks and I changed the name and I was like, hey guys, we're starting this new group. And it was literally the exact same thing. Now everybody knows my secret. Right. <laughs> I just changed the name and we went from like 10 to 15 people to 45. Wow. It just blew up and it was really incredible. Uh, we were bringing in guest speakers every week and um, really just equip, the whole point of it was to equip like our generation to just not sit on the sidelines anymore. Like, all right guys, get up and do something. You have issues, cool, bring them here, we'll deal with them, and then don't leave with them. Yeah. Um, and it was incredible, and you know, the group does this wave thing, like, it's summer, people have things to do, it's smaller now, but it's like, God is just wrecking people. It's just been so good, and for me personally, it's like, I really never had experience teaching a small group, yeah. or preaching, or anything like that, so it's really been kind of grooming me in a sense of like, now I'm learning how I operate in the sense of ministry with like delivering a message or something like that. Um, so we do that and I'm actually involved right now in helping plan a giant unity service in the city. Um, so unity has been a huge topic in the city for probably two or three years now. And it's been, I have never in my life ever seen a community um, of believers come together in a way that they have here. Uh, two years ago, we had a unity service at the high school. We packed out the auditorium, and it was just like almost every church was represented that wanted to be involved. They came, and we just worshiped together, you know, and um, it's just we've been doing these stride after stride to just like, all right, guys, like we're called to this unity in spirit. We need to get there. Like God's got big things for the city, and if we don't step up to the plate, we're going to miss it. Um, so right now, I'm currently involved with a bunch of other churches to, we're actually hosting a unity service in the football stadium at the high school. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. So it's just, every aspect of it is just covered by multiple churches. Yeah. And so the thing about Corey is, it's about six mile radius, 6,000 people, and 60 churches. <laughs> yeah. 60 churches? 60 churches. There's, yeah, the average is about like three a block. Oh, my god! Yeah, it's unreal. And I have my opinions on it, sure. but it's, it's <laughs> we awesome. We don't need to go there right now. But it's awesome because despite the amount of denominational difference and blah, 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 we serve the same Jesus. Yeah. Like, it's incredible because people are, most people are willing to lay down those differences for the sake of Jesus. And that's rare to find because for so long, like we even have the Catholic church working with us to raise money for missions. They they raised over $4,000 for us last trip. Uh, And like 20 years ago, Protestants and Catholics would have never gone together. So it's just awesome to see uh, those barriers just tore down and Serving the kingdom. Exactly. Yes. It's not serving your denomination. Right. It's serving Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually in the process of writing a, an article, the one I was sharing yeah. earlier, and it's titled Denomination Frustration. <laughs> and it's, it's all based on how denominations are, are just failing the kingdom. Yeah. Okay, maybe they're, bu- they're building their own kingdom mm-hmm. is what they're doing. Absolutely. And so many fail to build up the kingdom of God. And yeah. so um, 
That is, oh man, that, that makes my heart so glad that <laughs> you guys are doing that, that you're, mm-hmm. you're investing in the kingdom and not your own kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just been really incredible to see. And like you have your naysayers, but you have that with literally anything you do. Yeah. You could change the fragrant, fragrance in the hallway and someone will be upset about it. Right. You know, or the paint <laughs> color. Uh, but it's, it's just awesome that the majority of believers, they're like, yeah, we love Jesus. Let's do this together. You know, we might worship in a different house on Sunday morning, but if my relationship with God is based off one day out of seven, that's a pretty lousy relationship. Yeah, right. Anyway, so, yeah, that's what's going on here at Corey. Okay. And so now you're going to take that to Liberia. Yeah. So uh, it's this one way ticket. It's a one way ticket. All right. Yep. Uh, so uh, I've been t- there twice already. Uh, they were just small 10 day trips. And the first one was kind of like, let's feel this out. We didn't have an agenda. We showed up and we just kind of went from village to village preaching the gospel and nothing else. That was it. Uh, We worked with, so I'll give a little background on Liberia and the ministry that we're working with. So there's a pastor down there, him and his wife, his name's David and his wife's name is Wilma and the last name's Snyder. And basically, um, He's very apostolic. He ha- he's in charge of like four different churches in the city of Monrovia, which is the capital. Okay. Um, and what he does is he just oversees and equips and basically just kind of lets them run their church. If they need anything from him, he'll pour into them. Um, so years ago, he was given 50 acres of land uh, on the terms that he would develop it. Okay. Uh, so he's like, yeah. I'll take free land. Yeah, right. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> and uh, so basically the Lord gave him these plans uh, for what was to go on this land. And so they went, they built a house so that they could live out there while developing it. That was one of the first things they did. And then, uh, so it's cool. So it's in Bomi County, and which is like what you would consider the bush. Okay. Um, remote Africa, mud huts, like no running water, no electricity. Yeah. You live off the land. Um, and so what he did was he went out, they cleared a bunch of the property cause it was all overgrown and they started a school. It started with one classroom. Um, and it's awesome because there's, it's the central point for four roads. Uh, it literally direct center point and down each road is multiple villages. So kids come from all these different villages to attend the school. Yeah. And so they're up to fifth grade right now. Every year they add a grade. Okay. Uh, and right now the school is just this aluminum shack and they just add more aluminum. Um, so, and they'd partner with another ministry and they have, uh, they finally have built a brick schoolhouse, which was just like, <laughs> nothing like that's ever happened out there. Yeah. People are like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. Like in, on our land, they're so excited. And yeah. uh, so now they have a 12 room schoolhouse. The only thing they're waiting on is to, uh, get the funds to put on the sheet metal roofing. Okay. Um, and now they're going to ha- be able to have all 12 grades. From, wow. Yeah. So Impressive. right now, the f- five grades that they do have, they have an average of like 70 kids that okay. attend it. And it just grows every year, you know. And so that's, that's the main focal point. Um, he's also, they're also developing the land um, in order to farm it so that they can be self-sustaining and self-sufficient. They don't have to drive to the city for rice or anything like that. They can plant their own rice, vegetables, all this stuff, have livestock. And um, it's great because what they'll do is they'll take the kids and they'll teach them how to farm. 
they'll use that farm to teach them so they can take it home with them. And not only are they just, are they benefiting from it, but they can take it home and just teach the rest of the community. They're learning more life skills there than we did in, in our elementary and yeah. high school years. Yeah, and they're six years old. <laughs> you know, oh it's gosh. just, it's really incredible. And they have so many plans for that place. Like he wants to start a rescue village for orphans and neglected children. A lot of kids don't have parents. They lost their parents to like the Ebola outbreak. Um, Liberia was in civil war for so many years in like the 90s and early 2000s um so a lot of their parents died from that yeah. most people in their 30s they were involved in the civil war so it's like it's very war-torn and it's there's just a lot of people really just lost hope sure. um so seeing land around them developed uh is like people are kind of finding re more purpose again hope again yeah, yeah they're like wow there's something to live for so it's been really cool to see that. So our plan is to go and we don't want to do, we don't want to Americanize them. Right. Because that's, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're just going to partner with David and his ministry. And basically we're like, this is what we can do. Yeah. Use us. Just show up and serve. Basically. And so it's been really incredible because um, there's surprisingly a ton of missionaries here in town. Um, our church alone has sent out seven missionaries this past year. Here uh, is yeah, it from at the Salt Church, church yeah, okay. and that's that's not including other missionaries from other churches. Wow. Um, so we've met this other uh, missions couple who they go to Peru, and we met them and we we're just kind of talking missions because you know it's exciting. You're like, yeah. you do missions, so do I. Let's talk. <laughs> right. And so one of the things that the Lord's put on my heart is uh, the discipleship of pastors and church leaders there, because they don't have it. Exactly. They're That's like, what we're trying to do. As yeah. Well. Yeah. And it's just like, they're like, we have a Bible. Uh, <laughs> that's about it, <laughs> yeah. which is great. It's incredible that they, they have so few distractions and they can just like dive into the word and they read it, they believe it and they fight for it. Yeah. And, um, it's just been, it's so exciting, but they're missing an aspect of just certain things that I'm like, ah, oh, if you guys just could get this, sure. like, it would be incredible. Like yeah. things would just be, there's no reason that your village of 80 people shouldn't be saved. Yeah. Your, you, your neighbor has never heard the name of Jesus and you're a pastor. Mm -hmm. And you guys don't have the distractions. You don't have the cars to not be around. You guys literally see each other every day. Right. You know, um, so teaching them how to um, disciple people and evangelize and all these different things has really been on my heart. So we meet these missionaries that go to Peru and their sole purpose is they teach pastors how to disciple. They teach this, they have this entire program of like, here, this is how you disciple. Here's how you evangelize. Here's how you preach the gospel. Yeah. And it's broken down in such a simple form that like, it's usually like, oh, it's this easy? And it's, it's that good. It's right. so, it's incredible. And they have all, they basically were like, hey, we have these resources that basically fit exactly what you want to do here. I'm like, <gasps> really? <laughs> like, so I've just been like digging through all this stuff and it's literally exactly what I've been praying for. And I don't know why I'm surprised because like he, God promises he'll show up and, but I'm like, wow, this is better than I ever expected it to be, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with that. 
Yeah, that's what my friend Clay's doing in Honduras. He, he trains pastors because he doesn't want to be the gringo telling everybody what to do, right? He wants to empower the pastors and leaders who are already there, who are already ministering, who just need a little bit extra, you know? And so he's been doing that. I think this is his fourth year now, and they've just, they just keep growing and growing and growing. Um, so he's doing some awesome things there. But that, that is so needed because you don't want to go in and be the, the white guy or whatever that, you know, I, I have all the answers. No, you, you want to come alongside them, empower them, but empower them to share Jesus. And, like, I, I'm just going to be honest. I have no desire to pastor your church. Yeah. Like, that's your job. Right. <laughs> God put you there for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't want that responsibility, right. you know. And so if I could just, here's some tools, yeah. you know. And that's just really where my heart is with it, so. Yeah, we're leaving in November, uh, one-way plane ticket. Okay. So how much do you have to raise? So I'm going with uh, my current girlfriend, hopefully wife before we leave. Okay. And our, our goal to cover both of us is we, we budgeted it out between 1000 and 1500 A month? A month. Okay. And that'll cover everything okay. from food, travel, water, shelter, um, fuel for generators because we don't have electricity, mm-hmm. so you have to run a generator. Uh, fuel to get to the city and back, okay. um, and the, and even a little bit of buffer space just in case okay. anything unexpected goes. Yeah. So uh, between a thousand and fifteen hundred, we'll do it. Okay. All right. So uh, if anybody would like to donate to Brock, I will put all that information in the description and the titles, all that fun stuff. Um, and we'll have that for you. Uh, so this is Brock Henderson. He's going to Liberia in November with yeah. his girlfriend slash not really yet fiance yeah. slash not really yet wife. We're figuring it out. Figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, if you'd like to give to him, all those details will be in the, that's redundant, but the, all those details will be in the details below. And so, um, oh, embarrassing story. Yeah, embarrassing story. Okay, so... You asked me that, and I was like, okay, I got to, this got, had to have been something funny that happened in Liberia, because right. it's the most bizarre things happen there anyway. Yeah. Um, so this past trip, uh, they hosted a crusade out in the bush, and it's the first time in history they've ever had an event like that. So they brought in this church from the city, and they set up their generator, and they're like, like rigged together speakers, and like they're blowing sparks across the, you know, it's just... And the, the microphones turned up super loud and everyone's screaming, but like 500 people showed up yeah. from miles away. And it was incredible. So I had the opportunity to speak at this crusade and I'm fired up. I'm like, something's happening to me where I'm just like, yeah, Jesus. And so I'm preaching, I'm preaching, I'm preaching. And uh, finally I come to like the end where I want to bring people up to like, if they need healing or if they want to, you know, do a little salvation altar call, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, if that's you, if this, if you just feel like the Lord tugging on your heart and you want to give your life to the Lord, like, come up here right now. Come up. And it's it just crickets. <laughs> and I was like, I like, I was like, wait a second. Nobody's moving. <laughs> and everyone's just staring at me. All right, God, I guess you saved them all. Yeah, I was, like, I was like, I know it's night two of the crusade, but everyone can't be saved. <laughs> That's not possible. Come on. And I was like, so I was just standing there. I was like, okay. Um, and then this librarian pastor runs up on stage. and li- they, So they speak English over there. Right. So they say. They have like their tribal languages. Their own, but It's their own English. 
play. Yeah, I think they just make it up most of the time. Sure. <laughs> so this, this Liberian pastor comes up and repeats word for word what I said. And you, you can almost feel the, oh, that's what he said. And people came running up. And it was like, I was like, what the heck? I'm like, did they... <laughs> Did they get anything? I hope so. I don't know. And it was just one of those things where I was like, you're funny, God. Like, right. whatever. <laughs> so that was probably one of the most embarrassing slash strange things that happened yeah. to me. So. Well, I guess it's not about you, right, Brock? Uh, yeah, thank God, because it would be a mess if it was. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was, All right. <laughs> Hey, thank you so much for joining yeah. us on this week's episode of the Empowering Hope podcast. Uh, like I said, if you'd like to learn more about Brock, you uh, follow him on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Instagram. Yeah, I have Instagram, Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we'll put all that information in the details below. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again next week. Also, yeah. Lauren and I will be leaving for um, Ecuador. I had a brain fart there for a second. Uh, we're going to be leaving for Ecuador on June 22nd. Wow. It's in like two weeks. <laughs> Wait, two weeks from today, yeah. which I don't. This will, this will probably be out that week. So, um, <laughs> if you'd like to give to that trip, <laughs> uh, we could definitely use the support. Uh, Lauren and I are going to be filming missionaries down there in Ecuador. Uh, they have a children's home. Uh, I believe they have. Uh, it's an orphanage wow. as well. And so, yeah. So we're going to be doing some good things there. And so. Uh, if you'd like to learn about that trip, you can go to empoweringhope.org slash Ecuador and all that information will be there as well. And I'll, like I said, I'll put all of Brock's information in there. I feel like I'm just ranting and rambling on at this Sometimes point. You gotta do so, that. yeah. Hey, thank you for, so much for watching and uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks, guys.